My name is Nate Phillips, and I am the champion of J.I.W. After our debut episode of season four took the world by storm, the high, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in J.I.C.N. history, and it's all because of me, and this is my confidant, the man closest to me. Hit him with a little bit of that bubbly buckles. Check us out on Journey Into Wrestling, where the podfather and I run down everything from the bingo halls to the brightest delights. If it's in between the ropes, it's on Journey Into Wrestling, every other Wednesday on the Journey Into Comics Network. What on earth is that? It's a Journey Into Comics Network production! Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? 14,605. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 297. I am, as always, your host, Nate. Today, joining me back again, as I am the Michael Jordan of the JICN, he is the Dennis Rodman, catching rebounds from the left and the right, throwing things all around, wearing dresses, and he doesn't give a fuck, fuck you, He'll color his hair however he wants. Welcome back to the show <laughs> once again, T.Y., Never in my life did I think I would be compared to fucking Dennis Rodman. In the best way, though. You're as bad as you want to be. Which, that was his uh, autobiography, in case you weren't aware, uh, which I do have. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Rodman, Rodman's an an, an incredibly unique dude. I I think that is probably the, the most perfect thing to say about Dennis Rodman, is he is a very unique dude. And, you know, um... Yeah. I, I to just quickly jump into this. I've been watching that Bulls the last dance. So it's like in my brain meets just all the the memories of that team and that era. We've we've, we've briefly I don't know if we actually talked about it cuz that might have got cut on the the didn't actually record cast. But um anyways, mm, probably. I've just been watching that shit and kind of getting my mind right and last night I was like, "Oh my god, really honestly, Tyler is so much like the Dennis Rodman of the network." He's a utility player. You put him wherever you need. Sometime he'll drop a three in your face. You ain't even expecting it. Like, fuck you. He's the man. So I wanted to throw that your way today because I figured you'd enjoy it. Anyways, T.Y., how are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, you know, you and I were just talking about how yesterday I spent the majority of the day moving furniture and how that is legitimately in the top three least favorite things. Um least favorite things that I could do in my life ever. Oh, totally, man. Uh so moving furniture is never fun. 
and it's like ever. It's and it's especially difficult in your situation where you're kind of and I know this too, where you're kind of the tank, you're really the only one that can mm-hmm. move the furniture. It's not like Ruby can help you. Um right. Skylar's not really super worthful in that situation right now either in her current <laughs> condition. Like I don't think she really should be lifting king mattresses right. and shit. So like you're like, okay, well, nope. this stuff has to get done and I'm the one to do it. Great. Here we go. Um, which is not how we feel about the show. I'm always like, yeah, it's time for JIC, except for the only thing I'm not prepared for this morning is I don't have my coffee. I'm a little bit, a little bit thrown off by that. But, um, as we sit here, Mm. TY two weeks, today is the two week mark of no pop for Nate. You are at day 10. So that means you're at like day 24 and, uh, you know, it's really weird Never in my life has some of the pops that have been in my house looked so enticing as they have in the past few days. And I have had to literally just be like, no, you shall not pass into my body. I must not drink of you. I, I if, Honestly, I feel really good. I'm just waiting. And this is weird. This is like totally TMI right here early in the podcast. But like, I'm just waiting for my piss to clear up, I guess. Like, I'm waiting for me to go back to just like, oh, look. All the pop that was in my body is no longer. Now my I'm just pissing straight up water. Good. Like, mm-hmm. my fucking insides are cleaned all the way out. So that's... But, man, I just... I'll fucking say it again. I'm grateful that you put me on the let's get off pop train. And, you know, I've done it before, but this one feels different this time, I guess. Well, I've... I have... I have not went an extended period of time without pop since I was in high school. Um, I legitimately could just rattle off like the the exact number of sodas that I had in high school, uh, like total, and it was less. Up until my senior year, it was less than like five. Wow. So yeah, because I because I, I just didn't drink it. Um, then after high school, I started to get like addicted to it. So, but I found I found that if I like, we took Ruby to the drive-in Friday night. I got Skylar, you know, a, a monstrous cherry coke, and like I'm sitting there, and like she went took Ruby to the bathroom, and I was like, man, I want to get a fucking drink of that while she's gone. <laughs> but I didn't, you know. Um, I found that the the Zevia soda is a really, really good uh, compromise so then you don't drink the high fructose corn syrup bullshit. Um, but yeah, it's not bad. Hell yeah, man. I feel, I mean, it's it's worth feeling better. Like, all you people that drink Diet Coke, uh, you know, whether it's Diet Coke, Coke Zero, Diet anything, sucralose or aspartame, like what that, that, that chemical does to your gut biome like you, it's killing the bacteria in your stomach that help you stay healthy, and then the bacteria that metabolize sugar uh, are flourishing because that's all that can survive in that environment. You fucking up your insides real bad and don't know it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like stop, stop fucking drinking diet coke. Yeah, I know. I like don't drink diet coke if you, <clears throat> if you got to have a coke, drink a regular yeah. one. But get off that shit, That's too. It's funny that you say that. So, to, since we're on the pop tangent, if you went to my, and I, Tyler, I don't, 
maybe you've met him once, maybe not. I don't know. But if you've ever met my dad, he is a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. He's a very much like, um, you know, eats the same thing every day, doesn't really change the routine. It's it's the same, 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 same. So from the time I was like mm-hmm. 19 and all the way until now, there's a constant. And it's not always the same constant, but whatever his drink of choice is, is always overstocked in the fridge. He never, ever wants there to be a possibility of running out. So we've made the joke now that when we go to Dad's house, we're just going to go get a Coke out of the Coke machine because his fridge is literally just 12-ounce bottles of Coke. But many years ago, in 2009, he was drinking Coke Zero. And I was like, dog, you need to look up aspartame and learn how you are just straight up murking yourself right now drinking all that shit. And he was like, what? I was Mm -hmm. like, this thing, it's called Google. Use it. It's a machine. You just put in the question you have, and it will give you an answer. He said, okay. And, you know, he, he did a little bit of research, and he was like, holy fuck, this shit's killing me. It's killing me. I'm off it. And he dropped it cold turkey and switched to Gold Peak Tea. And he drank the okay. big-ass two-liter bottles of Gold Peak Tea straight from the bottle. He just had, like, 50 bottles in the fridge at all times, and he would just pull one out, and it was just his all-day tea, you know? And that went for a really long time, mm-hmm. all the way up and through us doing the housework a few years ago, where we redid his whole house and shit. And then, out of nowhere, when we were doing the, we were finishing up the house one day, he's like, "I really need to have a coke. I'm just feeling coke." And he took a drink of coke, and he never mm-hmm. went back. He is just his fridge is just stacked to max. He's like, "I'm 60 now. I'm gonna do damage to my body at this age. It's already probably there. Like this coke I'm drinking is not gonna do much worse." I was like, "Okay." I guess, but I told him I was two weeks off pop, and he was like, damn, man, that's I'm really proud of you. And I was like, I'm shocked at myself, if you want me to be honest, that I've had this much self-control. <laughs> like, holy shit. I think the, th- the factor that really, like, opened my eyes was every week when we were going to the store, we were buying a 24-pack of Pepsi. And the last time I bought a 24-pack mm-hmm. of Pepsi, that motherfucker is still in the kitchen, as is a 12-pack we had previously. Because V doesn't drink nearly as much as I do, so sugar, 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 get rid of that shit. I feel lighter. I feel better. Mental is is pretty good. That's good. You know? Um, but yeah, man. Other than that, just hanging in there, hanging out. Uh, we got a lot of shit on the docket today, Ty. But before we do, I wanted to quickly ask you because you said it, and I didn't want to just like brush over the topic. I wanted to get your thoughts. What was the movie experience like going to a drive-through currently in the pandemic and everything like that? And 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 were there things that you experienced that you were happy with? Were there any things that pissed you off? I feel like I've gotten a shorter fuse with people in this current era. So, yeah. Um. So the the overall experience was was better than it normally is actually because. Um, they have the kind of the grid layout for the um, uh, for the drive-in, I guess, laid out a little bit differently. So now instead of two cars per like square, it's one car per square. So everybody's got a little bit more room. Um, everybody's got a little bit more room. Like they're only letting so many people in the concession stands at once. Like. You have to stay, like if you're going to sit outside of your vehicle, you have to stay within distance that you could touch your vehicle at any given time. So it's giving plenty of people space. It's just, really the stuff that I was upset about is stuff that I'm normally upset about any other time. You know, like I I go through the line 
get all the concessions. You know, it's expensive. I'm standing there waiting for all the shit. And then, like, service people are trying to not... You're, you, you, you go out of your way to not give me my shit. And then, and then look at me like I'm standing at the counter for, like, for some unknown reason. Like, why else would I be there? Because I still don't have all the stuff. I'm waiting on you, so Hoss. I got it. I, I, yeah, I got in. I got into it with somebody at the fucking concession stand. You know, it's like, okay, thanks, great, great experience here. Um, but the movie, the movie that we went and saw was awful too, so it didn't make it any better. Ooh, what, what was it? Trolls World Tour. It was bad, real bad. That's the sequel to the Trolls movie that's like uh, came out a couple years ago or some shit. Interesting. And this is the yeah, it, is like w- quite really quick question. Is World Tour the first one of the first movies that came out on the streaming services ahead of everything else that caused Universal to lose ties with AMC? This is the movie. Yes. Interesting. And they're still playing it at drive-throughs. That's kind of cool. I mean, it kind of makes for a different experience. Sorry that the movie sucked bad. Well, it was like, uh, like we love the original Trolls movie. Uh, this one was real fucking bad. Oh no! Um, well, like I- imagine, imagine I start an Ozzy Osbourne cover band, but it's just me singing, me singing, like with no, like, formal music education, like no concept of rhythm, <laughs> like nothing. It's like William Shatner was trying to read a fucking Ozzy song. Generals gathered in their masses. <laughs> Just like them. But witches. in a really bad pitch. In like masses. Okay, that's mm-hmm. my bad pitch. So it's a terrible music movie. Yeah, it was bad. It's in the air, man. I start, We started a movie the other night that we thought was going to be the titties, and it ended up being a terrible music movie as well. What's that? Rocket Man. Oh, really? It wasn't good? It's not a fucking movie. It's a musical. Like, Didn't didn't you know that, though? No, I thought going in that it was more of a docudrama built on his story, because the way the trailers portray it, like, sure, there's some singing in spots, but it was all based on timeline of him actually being in bands, being on stage and stuff. And this is like, we, f- we start the fucking movie with him walking into AA and shit, and then, like, he starts telling a story about when he's a kid. So then kid him and adult him are doing a fucking duet of some fucking Elton John song. And it just becomes this, like, da- yeah. song and dance. And it's it took away from it, and we immediately turned it off. It was bad. So bad movie, music movies are our thing. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I knew that it was... I would have warned you if you would have said, Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Rocket Man. And I would have said, Hey, man, you might as well watch Grease. It's a better musical. Hey, Grease is a better musical. Uh, no, it was totally one of those just like spur of the moment. It, it like, is a oh, better it's musical. It's on Hulu. Might as well put it on. Yeah. Uh, I also, uh, when I was at the store, I picked up something that you're going to be excited for. I've got to leave the visual of the podcast for one second. But uh, I picked up something for Ollie on his return okay. home. And uh, you're going to be jazzed. All right. Standing, standing by for jazzification. Five. Okay. Four. Three, two, one. Jazzification now. Heck yeah! Yeah, I can't wait to watch it with Sonic me. the fucking Hedgehog. Yeah, I'm stoked, man. Sonic the Hedgehog's it's out dope. on Blu-ray. It's dope. So I picked it up. 
Blu-ray includes deleted scenes and it's bloopers. Good. And building Robotnik with uh, Jim Carrey. We, we we really, really enjoyed it. Like, that is probably one of the... I mean, not that I've seen very many movies this year because of uh, coronavirus, but, like, this year and last year, if we just combine 2019 and 2020... Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's probably one of my favorite movies of the last year. I mean, that's really saying something, considering there's been so many great movies over the past few years. And I think in a, a few uh, JICs ago, we talked about it, that this is... Uh, and that's why I think I went out and bought it, because obviously, quickly, I didn't have an opportunity to go to theaters because things changed so fast. But, uh, you know, right. buying it on Blu-ray is me saying, hey... Studio, you listened to us when we said we didn't like how your Sonic looked. It looked fucking awful, and you fixed it. Thank you. Now I'm willing to give this movie a full blown shot. Oh my gosh, there's it comes with a, it comes with a comic book too, bro. I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Blu-rays are the shit now. 2020, living life. First question when I get home with the Blu-ray. Here's this Blu-ray. Isn't that streaming somewhere? Not the Blu-ray. It's the Blu-ray. Uh, I think it's on Amazon yeah. Prime, but you have to pay for it, like fifteen bucks. Mm. So, anyways, Ty, we've been riffing for a time. You ready to get into some shit today? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover, bro. We've got some news. We might be talking about uh, another comic that we uh, have been reading. Uh, just depending on how everything goes with the news, there's a lot to uncover. Where do you want to start? I think we need to, with the with the pertinent information, you at least what's what's fresh, what everybody's talking about the last couple of days, is is the the Snyder Cut phenomenon, and like we've talked at length about what coronavirus in 2020 has done to the film industry, and now that the Snyder Cut is a thing, like like we've always known it's a thing. What is what is this going to do to the industry going forward? I think I think this is going to turn it upside down because now every studio looks at what HBO and Warner are doing with the Snyder Cut and they're like, "Well, um we can't be left out." Yeah, exactly. There's an urgency of like, wait a minute, they capitalized on listening to the fans and they can make more money off of a movie that already made a ton of money, but that they weren't really happy with how it did. Like, mm-hmm. imagine uh, Amazing Spider-Man, that the two movies that were Andrew Garfield's having a director cut that's just slightly altered to be more of what Mark Webb's initial vision was. Those movies could have been something else, and then I mean, you literally could sit here all the live long fucking day and pick apart the the like what if, what if we ever got an Ant Man director's cut where it was Edgar Wright's version and not Peyton Reed's version of Ant Man? There's there's thousands of questions there, but this one really kind of, um, in my opinion, resonates larger because as I'm wearing the Batman shirt, I just realized because you know that just happenstance. Uh, this is larger because there was expectation for Batman versus Superman. It fell flat. There was expectation for Justice League. It did decent, still in a lot of ways, fell flat. And I remember leaving there going, there's just a lot of pieces to this movie that's not there. I don't understand. Like, there's there, like there's chunks of things that we don't know why or how or, 
you know how you know what there's too many questions too many questions to to adhere to of course weren't we supposed to get dark side wasn't there supposed to be more characters aren't we supposed to get all seven justice league members and not it just be six or five or whatever uh right and then of course we find out that Zack snyder had to leave the film back then due to his daughter's suicide Something that, you know, you don't wish on any parent. You don't wish for them to have to even uh, fathom that that could happen to their child, let alone mm-hmm. live it. And then let alone live it right. while being in the spotlight of, of helming this, like, new big thing. You know, this was really going to be their way to show that, like, Ben Affleck had chops and that this was the this was the next step for the DCEU. It all takes a back step. Warner Brothers did what I think they thought was the best situation. Zach needs to step away and be with his family. Obviously, that is the most important thing over all else. Who do we bring in? Someone who's already had a hand in these fucking ensemble movies and Joss Whedon. Joss Mm -hmm. left a lot on the chopping floor, and he inevitably looks like he left way too much. So much so that, like, this is the thing. I think a lot of the questions, Tyler, about this was the Snyder Cut. Yeah, okay, release it, but it's like a half-finished movie. No. Secretly, they've spent $20 million finishing the Snyder Cut. They possibly did reshoots with a few of the actors in secret. And this was always the plan. Like HBO Max, Snyder Cut's coming with it in in the following year. So... To me, it's a huge move, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's it's a power play. I mean, it, it is the definition of a power play. Like, look, you know what? Suck on this. Get HBO Max next year. You know, like it, it's a power it's a power move. Well, shit. For sure, I think get anyway. HBO Max right now. It's available now. Uh, if you have PS4 and or Xbox Three, uh, Xbox One, they have. I don't know if the catalog of streaming is there, but they've officially like put, that, that's put what the I app yeah. on there. Uh, now, like you said, Snyder Cut comes out in 2021. There's rumors, though. Will this be just a movie? Will we get like this the four-and-a-half-hour Snyder Cut of this movie? Or, if he really wants to peel it back, really wants to be extra, do they make this like a six-part, almost Disney Plus-esque series where they do all the things they wanted to do, including the shit that never even made it past the, you know, initial pre-production and say, this is the vision. This is what we wanted. This is where we can really rebuild our universe. Um, but I feel like there's like a million more questions on top of this. T.Y. Like, will we get a bat fleck again? See, here's, here's, here's what's really, really, really tough because I think unanimously, at least the, the general fan base, we can agree that that Ben Affleck is an awesome Bruce Wayne, awesome Batman. Like we, we as a fan base have enjoyed Batfleck, yeah. right? I mean, would you agree Absolutely. with that? We, okay. I mean, Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice. What do we all say? Batman was the best part of that movie. Justice League. What was the best yep. part of that movie? Batfleck. So yes, we have we have a fa- as a fan base have enjoyed Henry Cavill as Superman, like. Henry Cavill is the best version of Superman we've ever had. Ever. Like, sorry, Brandon, uh, what was his name? Brandon Routh? In the shitty Kevin Spacey, Lex Luthor. He was trying, they, I mean, when they cast Brandon Routh to just, because I I listened to the Fat Man on Batman he did back in the day with uh, Kevin Smith, because 
you know, Brandon Routh ends up being another DC hero in the Atom for the for the Arrowverse, uh, much better mm-hmm. as the Atom. Um, and then they also got to cleverly bring him back as Superman in the in the Justice uh, in the um, for Crisis Infinite yeah, Earths. Crisis on Infinite Earths. So Brandon Routh, though, in his role at that time in 2005 or 2006 when Superman Returns came out, they were casting him to be literally Christopher Reeves. They wanted to look alike Christopher yes. Reeves to keep that genre yep. of story going and to try to tell one more of those stories. So I think he does get kind of a a dark uh, shaft, as it as it were. And, of course, Chris Reeves is, like, the first real Superman, so he has a special place. Um, but you bring Cavill up, and and I, I promise I'm bringing it all around here. Does that mean we're going to get a recut without that stupid fucking CGI'd-out mustache? I read, I read an article a couple days ago that said the CGI mustache will not be there. Like, his mustache will be there. Whoa. Interesting. So, um, you know, I would have to dig and find it. Um, but you know, I, I, and obviously I don't know how much validity there is to it. Uh, I, I can't, I can't cite my sources here. Um, but what I was, tr- the point that I was trying to get to long, as long winded as always is I think you release this in like a three port, three part, like, um, Remember when we were kids with the like the made for TV dramas like uh like Merlin and Dinotopia and shit like that where like there's three part or Doom or not Doom, I'm sorry, Dune. Uh Children of Dune had a big one in the early 2000s. You do it's like a like three part series. series where where each part is 1 to 3 hours, right? And then, and then you can you can fill it with everything that you need to fill it with, and I think what will be incredible, especially with the way that the the movie industry and everything is changing, is we might see a shift. Maybe not just on DC side to say, you know what? If I want to tell if I want to tell a really good, dramatic, impactful superhero story, I can do one of these. I can do like a three-part drama instead of making a $300 million movie that's going to hit the box office and make me $50 million. Like, you know, obviously the production will have to be at close to, to being as high, but you, you do these big deals with, with actors and with studios and you do these three-part series and everyone will fucking eat it up. I mean, that's just like one step of the process too uh because you're right people like if you told me hey what we're gonna get is we're gonna get um because the snyder cut was successful we're gonna undo i mean see now we're in a conundrum here ty and what are your thoughts on this the snyder cut being successful can almost fuck warner brothers though in the in the same token and what i mean by that is exactly this the Snyder Cut goes out to HBO Max. HBO Max gets, mm-hmm. I'm going to just, it's not real, it probably won't happen. 100 million subscribers, whatever. People see it. It becomes a phenomenon. It goes to Blu-ray. There are already people destroying their Justice League cuts, uh, the theatrical cuts. They're actually destroying their DVDs and shit because they don't want it. They I don't, don't, I don't think. They don't want it. Let, let's not go the extreme because I don't, like... I, I own Justice League. I'm not gonna fucking smash my disc. No, you'll just 
to buy the Snyder Cut. I'll just buy the Snyder Cut and then yeah, have and them then both. Yeah, and be able to be like, look at the differences. This is cool. Like, you can compare and contrast. But, you know, purists, they don't want to have that shit or whatever. Right. But, okay, so the Snyder Cut becomes ultra successful to the point where it buries the Whedon Cut. And now you have a really interesting problem because Justice League not being successful is kind of what slowly tripped up their momentum into Wonder Woman being... Uh, launching point to continue their DCEU, Aquaman continuing the DCEU, and then you kind of felt like in Shazam they soft reboot and said, okay, these things happened, but we're doing our own thing now. We're going to kind of try to change the path. This almost seems like course correct. We're going back where we initially said we were going. God damn it. Will this now bring us back to the old school DCEU we thought was actually lost? The Snyder EU, the Snyder DCEU, I guess is what we'd say. What if they tried to do a and and this is a little bit of a stretch and it would take it would take a lot of like a lot of groundwork, a lot of people being clever. But what if they were trying to set up a legit like big screen crisis on infinite earths and using all of their failures as pieces of that? I mean, you know, that's a, a beautiful... I mean, it'd be a clever way to do well, it. It's a beautiful concept in that they've already laid some of the groundwork for that to actually be a thing with the TV universe because the way the TV universe did Crisis on Infinite Earths, we saw many, many Earths across all the different spectrums. And, of course, like Earth 89. What is 1989? Fucking Batman. So it was like the Batman verse. And, right. you know, having all those different pockets are cool. So then if you take that concept amplify it and say okay well now not only do we have the small screen guys who have played all these different actors and you know you have uh grant from the flash coming in grant gustin coming in from the flash and being a part of the justice league movie with the uh ezra miller flash now you could have robert pattinson batman and batfleck interact that could be interesting then you start almost getting these like superstar mashups that just become holy shit what if moments like if we become okay because the Snyder Cut's going to come out in May of next year. And then in October of next year, we're getting the Batman movie. So mm-hmm. in that short time frame, they're going to need to figure out, do these things go coexist together or are these completely different entities that need nothing to do with each other? And uh, I feel like they, they already it almost, have a plan. It, it, it almost feels like to me, too, on the other, on, on the other hand, that this is somewhat like self-sabotage from Warner Brothers. Like... A little bit, yeah. We 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 concede to the fact that we fucked up. Here is recompense for us fucking up. Sorry that we drove your business Please away. Like us again? Like that's kind of what it feels. That's kind of what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we're not. We are not as good as Marvel and Disney. Like, we we are kind of the redheaded stepchild, and we can't do anything right. So. We might as well make this. Here you go. But there, there's. I've got an article pulled up here that I want to read a little bit of. Sure, please do. And it is, it is relative to the Snyder Cut. It says <clears throat> David Ayer wanted a different opening for his Suicide Squad movie. The director has been engaging with fans on Twitter in the past couple days since Warner Media announced the Snyder Cut. Blah blah blah. One fan tweeted air, air noting that they enjoyed how the government seems aware of the existence of metahumans in the film. The fan guessed that Air wanted to open the movie with 
more um, more screen time from June Moon discovering the Enchantress and blah, blah, blah. And Air responded with, yes, there was supposed to be three to five minutes of the opening of that film that's just Dr. Moon, you know... Calling out metas? Being possessed by the Enchantress, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, and they had... Mm-hmm. And they had a, um, they had a different arc. But th- that character or those characters basically had a different arc throughout the film. Um, Suicide Squad underwent extensive reshoots before it opened in 2016. Uh, the Snyder Cut announcement has fueled fans' hopes that Ayer's original version for the film will see the light of day. Ayer is very skeptical. He says it's not. It's not simply my call or my IP. I love Warner Brothers. It's always been my home studio. I fully respect and support the incredible path the DCU is taking under their stewardship. My cut of Suicide Squad may always be just a rumor, and that's just fine. So he's insinuating that, like, he legitimately has his cut of the movie. But that the... I mean, it's the there. It exists. The David Ayer isn't the um, biggest name. He can't just say... I'm fucking mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, and I'm gonna get this right. movement going. David Ayers is still a kind of a come an up and comer, so this is uh, interesting to learn. Actually, I'm really stoked mm-hmm. that you, you're we're talking about this. Well, and here's the next part that I think you'll find even more interesting. The director did reveal some of the changes made between his version of the film and the theatrical release. He wanted Diablo to survive the movie and Deadshot and Harley Quinn to fall for each other. There was also a cut scene where Joker drove Tattoo Man to suicide. Despite the changes, Ayer backed the theatrical cut of the film at the time it opened in theaters. So I don't. I'm not necessarily a big fan of the Deadshot Harley Quinn romance thing because that's you know Unneeded. whatever. But uh, it's unnecessary. But I mean, it's Hollywood, so it makes sense. That's of course what they would push. Um, but Diablo being a more important character moving forward, I think that'd be. A, I mean, that, that's a that's kind of that's their Ghost Rider character. They want that's a character that you want involved in the Suicide Squad moving forward. Um, blah blah blah. This cut of the movie is my cut. There's no sort of parallel universe version of this movie, and the release movie is my cut. Ayer said in 2017, so he's now backpedaling from what he said. Hmm. Um, And that's one of the toughest things about writing, shooting, and directing a film, is you end up with these orphans, and you fucking love them, and you think they'd be amazing scenes, and and do these amazing things, but the film is a dictatorship, not a democracy, and just because something's cool and charismatic doesn't mean it gets to survive in the final cut. The flow of the movie is the highest master, and though I don't disagree with you there, David Ayer... The first part of your statement, I wholeheartedly disafucking agree with. We need more cool shit in our movies. Like, just because it's DC, and, you know, remember at the beginning of the whole DCU, everyone was talking about, like, it's dark and it's broody and they're, tr- they're just trying to be different than Marvel. Like, I get it. It doesn't have to be that way. No, you can In have Wonder Woman balance. 1980. In Wonder Woman 1989, if I don't have a fucking 1980s montage to fucking heavy synth pop in the background, I'm going to leave. It's the fucking 80s. Have fun with it, man. Like, 
It doesn't all have to be dry and dark and doom and gloom. I'm actually surprised you're interested in seeing uh, Wonder Woman 84. That's, uh, I mean, it looks good. Yeah, I said 89 by mistake. Oh, did you? <clears throat> yeah, I said 89 because in my mind I just went to 89 Batman. Happens. It's okay. It's all, they're all, it's okay. <laughs> Numbers are irrelevant in the coronavirus times. Uh, no, I, I love, uh, I'm not the biggest Wonder Woman fan, but I fucking love the 80s, so... I mean, like, sign me up, <laughs> serve it to me, put it, put it in my fucking TV dinner platter, and you know, let's fucking sit down with a hunger man. Hell yeah! Uh, so <laughs> is <laughs> a hungry man? I love those those dinners are ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't had a fucking hungry man frozen dinner in like. Uh, anyways, so it's good they kill you. Yeah, I don't want to have those. Uh, so. <laughs> In the Snyder Cut, I'm just thinking about all the things here that could be. And we could get other villain teases and stuff like that. There's more character building. He has confirmed that. But the one thing that I wanted to touch on is, do you know who the heart and soul of that movie was supposed to be? Cyborg. Mm -mm. We were actually supposed to Why? get... Well, because we were actually supposed to get the journey of him... Like, the whole movie focused and centered around him being this kid who was an athlete who got all taken away from him, and his dad tried to fix him, and then the mother box changed him, and then he's a fucking cyborg now, you know? And it was, like, stripping away his humanity slowly and whatnot in the original cut, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get, you know, more uh, understanding of what I'm even saying in this when we finally fucking see it. But, like, you know... Look for JIC 350. We're covering it on fucking 350, the fucking Snyder Cut. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, but, you know, um, the the character of Cyborg being a human that doesn't have a choice, that doesn't want to be superpowered, that essentially was dying and is, is forced into this to live kind of situation, but then can use his self for good... Um, shows the kind of, I think, with the, the path was supposed to show the humanity in all of us, you know, and kind of give us more of a, a, you know, you talked about it. These movies in DC are dark and gloomy, and they're trying to be different from Marvel, and they don't hit on the feels and the touches as much. I think that's one thing he was trying to do, is make the cyborg uh, Ray Stone, or, yeah, yeah, right, Ray Stone? No, no, Ray Park. Uh, fuck. Not Ray Park, that's Darth Maul. I can't remember dude's name. So something Stone. Silas Stone? Vic Stone? I don't know his something. name. Cyborg. It's fucking Cyborg. I've never been a large Cyborg fan, but uh, the Ray Fisher, he's the guy that the, played the him. The Cyborg, the, yeah. Um, did a great job. But uh, my hope is that we just, we see, I don't know even how to word this. I want to see something so different that we're like, holy fuck, they actually fucked up big time. And this could, this is like timeline changing, you know? Like, I don't want it to just be like we sit down, we watch a four hour movie, and we notice like two differences. Oh, they put that cool one extra scene in there, and that other thing happened. Yay. You know, because then that's a big letdown, and it's like, why did we get hyped for this? What was the difference? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Hmm. So, uh, I just want to see Darkseid. Yeah, I think it'll it'll be awesome. And actually, speaking of Darkseid, the actor who played Darkseid has finally broken his silence in in regards. Ray Porter is his yeah. name. <clears throat> On keeping Darkseid a secret since 2016. Um, 
from mm-hmm. comicbook.com. It says, actor Ray Porter, who for the first time publicly confirmed his role as Darkseid in Zack Snyder's Justice League, releasing on HBO Max in 2021, is breaking a four-year silence. The Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman Donna Justice filmmaker previously acknowledged rumors Porter was cast in the role in a 2019 post on social media platform Vero, but Porter, who was cut from the version of Justice League completed by Joss Whedon and released in 2017. Um, he was finally been granted permission by Snyder and Warner Studios to address what became something of an open secret. Quote from Porter. Uh, there's stuff that I don't want to give away just because we get to see it now. Uh, Porter told the Lightcast podcast, he added, working on Snyder's Justice League near the end of production late 2016, I just stayed quiet about it because I didn't want to give anything away. I had signed a non-disclosure agreement, and I didn't want to mess with Warner Brothers. They've always been very nice to me, and I didn't want to make them mad. Um, Of course, after becoming aware of the release of the Snyder Cut movement, Porter supported the cause from afar, but when word of Porter's casting leaked online, the actor recalled, I was really worried that this would splash back on me somehow. And they've always been super kind and really great. So, yeah, I basically have been sitting on this for a really long time. I know everybody kind of knew, and I know it's sort of old hat and everything, but personally I just wanted to say it. So he, he finally did confirm that, yeah, he was he was uh, going to be dark side. Cool. Fucking radical. So we'll be seeing that. You know, there was another uh, big DC headline that we you sent me. You broke the news to me, and we didn't even talk about it pre-show or, or whatever, but uh, Ruby Rose. She gone. Thank goodness. You're not a fan of that actress, uh, and I... Because she's not a good actress. You know, here's the thing. Let me say this. I watched the first season of her that was in... She was in The Orange is the New Black. I think that was like season three, and then I stopped watching it. I saw her in the couple crossovers of the DC shows, and I never watched Batwoman, so... I don't know how she did as, as as Katie Kane. I know a lot of people are upset, though, that she walked away from this role. And it all comes down to the fact she didn't realize how taxing the role of being a superhero in 2020 would be. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to play a superhero on the silver screen or on the big screen or on the TV screen or on your fucking tablet or wherever you're watching it, expect to become that fucking superhero. You're going to live their, not really live their life per se, but you're going to go through grueling, taxing, long hours when you don't want to be there, when you're not feeling good, have to push through it, get injured sometimes, you know? Uh, And of course, that was another Mm -hmm. thing. She got injured on set of Batwoman, which I think scared her and made her maybe go, I probably shouldn't be doing shit like this. But uh, there are a lot of other people, I think, that are chomping at the bit. They're going to have to recast her in the CW show. Uh, I don't know who I would suggest to put in that role at all. Like, I don't really have a name that comes to mind. Um, But I will say I know that CW is super clever, so they'll find a fucking cool and clever way to recast her that'll make sense. And it won't just be like Mm -hmm. completely brushed over and never talked about. Her face looks different. Yep, well, well, I don't know what happened. I guess she looks different now. (laughs) You know, almost Back to the Uh, Mm Future-esque. But yeah, you, you hate on that Ruby Rose, so this was some good news for you. Do you have any persons that you would put in that role? Do you think? Man, I don't know. I think I would almost pick somebody who has no like no background of stardom whatsoever. 
Like, like do open casting calls that's not... Well, I think... and People who are already well, famous. Well, listen, I think that you just said the truest, best thing, and let me explain this. And I know Grant Gustin was in Glee. I get it. And I know that Stephen Amell did a few things here and there trying to break his name. But those were unknown actors who got cast in the role of superheroes right. that made those names big. Them putting an already big established star name to make Batwoman a good show or make it uh, noticed or give it some sort of buzz, I guess, was maybe what they were trying to do there. Like, oh, if we cast this big name, when it drops, people will talk about it. It'll it'll hopefully pick up steam, which, you know, great marketing in theory, but you picked a, a bad anchor to, to put on your ship because she fell away real quick. Yep. I mean, one season and out, 23 episodes and you're done? Like, come on, bro. Now I want them to reshoot just all the n- fucking scenes that had her in them previously, including the first season, because it's just weird to me. It's like, goddamn, need somebody better, more gooder. Yeah, more gooder. Just more, <laughs> way more gooder. Uh, just more gooder. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I don't. I. I, I don't. I, the whole bad girl thing is tough too because. You know, I think where where any you know, I think it'd be the same if they did a Robin TV show. I think it would be the same if they did a Nightwing TV show. I those those characters are there to support Batman, and when there is not a heavy emphasis on Batman, those characters really have to do a lot to stand on their own two feet. And when you have an actress who is not very good. Uh, you can have an actress that is not invested into the character and you have, you know, just the, the whole Batwoman, Batgirl, whatever you want to call it show to me felt like a forced series to begin with. It wasn't something that we necessarily needed. Um, so it's just a recipe for failure. Like nothing... It's like making concrete without sand. The shit won't the shit won't set up. It's just it just fucking falls apart. It's just goo. I mean, you got to have you got to have a binder. And I don't it, it none of it feels cohesive. It's forced television. Uh, okay, so here here's a couple things I agree with you 100% on that. By the way, I want to I want to mention that I do think that Batwoman is a forced TV series. And here's why. You just had Gotham Gotham was your pre-Batman story. You dicked around. You couldn't touch or play on all these different characters or whatever. Everything kind of shot up, and then they mm-hmm. realized, oh, fuck, like, CW needs a Batman. We got to have a Batman. Cultural diversity. Let's have a woman. Let's not only have a woman. Let's have her be Australian, okay? Like, <clears throat> we cast from all over the world. It's cool. Okay, that's great. That's I, I, I don't have any problem with that. My problem lies with this. Just do a fucking Batman show. Like, just give the fucking fans what they want. I'm pissed off right now that as a fan of Hush, I have to now watch that series because Hush made an appearance and it apparently was really fucking cool. And now I'm like, live action Hush? I didn't think I'd actually ever get to see that. What the fuck? So now I'm put in a position where I'm like, okay. Not that I don't had didn't have any intent to watch the Batwoman show. But when it comes to CW shows, I've whittled it down to just The Flash is my show. It's the one I really love to watch. I don't like watching the other ones as much. They're not my jam as much. Uh, obviously, Arrow's gone now. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I, you know, I just, I agree with you, man. This is, uh, this was a doomed project from the start. This decision worked exactly kind of how I expected it to, because you, when you cast somebody who thinks they're, no offense, their shit smells like roses, like, uh, you're going to be put in a position where they become a prima donna, and apparently, according to reports, that's exactly what happened. She was unhappy with long hours, didn't want to do the stunts, blah, 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 being put in harnesses, crazy shots, you know, and just became a prima donna and said she didn't want to do it. Started fighting on set with people and yelling and telling them, fuck you, I don't want to do it. And I don't know. It's unprofessional. If I was an actor and you fucking signed me up to do a thing, I'll shut the fuck up, collect my paycheck, do what you tell me to do, and go home at the end of the day. I'm an actor. Like, how hard is your life? Fuck off. You know? Ugh. There's yeah. my rant and scene. Um Real quick, before we move into other news, uh, well, I guess this kind of will lead us into other news because there are only a couple marvel type headlines. Uh, do you think that the release of the Snyder Cut is going to lead to, like, actually bad movies getting alternate cuts? Like, I mean, I know we kind of briefly touched on it, but <clears throat> the, the, the Fantastic Four director actually said no need to recut the Trank cut for that movie. He doesn't want it. He's not happy with it. Let it go, people. It was a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, please. Just stop. Stop all your head. Now, did you hear this Deadpool news? Uh, the Deadpool Eternals news? No, actually, I didn't hear the Deadpool's Eternals, the Deadpool Eternals news. Okay. Okay. okay, this go is on. Uh, Rob Layfield, who created Deadpool, uh, responding mm-hmm. to Deadpool being included in Bob Iger's new Twitter header. Because for those of you who didn't know, Bob Iger during the coronavirus has returned to Disney to helm the ship in these unforeseen mm-hmm. times and is guiding everybody through these troubled waters. And now he's got this, you know, big banner that's got a bunch of different characters, one of the Navi from fucking Avatar and shit and Bart Simpson and stuff. Mm -hmm. So initially, uh, and this is from Comic Book again, it says, after making claims Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios have zero plans for Deadpool 3 following Disney's acquisition of the former Fox properties x-men and deadpool rob layfield the character's creator says he's doing the lord's work upon seeing deadpool included in an updated profile header image decorating the twitter profile of bob Iger. in the two years since fox released deadpool 2 franchise star and producer ryan reynolds revealed a third movie potentially set in the marvel cinematic universe is currently in development at marvel studios Lambasting a lack of progress in a May 9th interview with comicbook.com, Layfield said, blame Marvel that Deadpool 3 hasn't happened yet. They are the reason it isn't happening. Um, But of course, addressing it on Instagram, uh, Layfield wrote, Bob has a new header. I'm doing the Lord's work here, people. Never stop, never stopping. Essentially saying, like, Deadpool being there at all, being recognized by Bob Iger, is this is a viable property that can make you a lot of money, is... Maybe Rob Layfield's subtle way of saying, like, I have news that the green light for Deadpool is starting to happen now, and this is the sign that you guys needed to see. Um, mm. And it, well, I think I, it, realistically, I mean, let's just let's just be blunt about it. Deadpool three is something that if the fans don't get it, it's going to be a big problem. Oh yeah, and Ryan Reynolds is um, on a clock right like, now, bro. Not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Say say. 
say whatever you want about Deadpool 2. I think, I still think it was the best movie to come out that year. It was fantastic. Um, you know, it hit me in all the right places. It tickled me. Tickled. It was me. a great movie, an emotional but, roller coaster um, for sure. <laughs> it, uh, you know, Deadpool as a character, right? Let's let's get deep for with it for a second. Is very accessible to people who aren't fans of the Marvel universe of any kind. So they're not. Well, I liked Thor as a kid, or I liked I, I liked Iron Man. It, it it's very accessible to the people who are like, well, I don't really know what superhero to like. And this guy like breaks the fourth wall, and like he's different than everybody else. So I'm gonna like that guy, you know. Um, it's 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 a poor man's superhero, right? Absolutely. So we get Ryan Reynolds, who has, has a lot of of buy-in and love for the character. He is Deadpool, right? And he thinks of himself as Deadpool. And now we have a cult following of basically the juggalos of Marvel fans, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the the people who love Deadpool are kind of the juggalos of, of Marvel. Sorry. It's just the Merc with the mouth. Yeah. I think it's funny because you know, there's like, like a okay. super subtle funny shot that just got taken there that I hope gets uncovered someday with you just comparing <laughs> Deadpool exclusive fans with Juggalos. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, um, I get what you're saying because the problem is, is that reasonable Marvel fans stop, uh, Knowing, like, as as you and I are reasonable Marvel fans, we know Deadpool is its own thing. We know it's going to be more violent. We know it's going to mm-hmm. be more gritty. We also know not to take it as seriously. And then you have, like, the, like you said, the Juggalo Deadpoolers who are like, man, we got to have fucking, we need a whole fucking Deadpool verse, man. We need to see, like, all the Deadpool movies, man. We need to fight everybody. We need to fight, like, Luke Cage. We need to fight Godzilla. He, motherfucker should probably even fight Chuck goddamn Norris right now, you know? Like, that'd be the best idea. Where the fuck is Bruce Lee when you need that motherfucker? Have him fight Deadpool. You know? Uh, it's just ridiculous. I, I, I say, I need, you, I need you to speak in that voice exclusively for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Oh, man, I'm just gonna that just made my day. Okay, I'll just for the rest of the podcast movie talking like this now. Oh freaking... shit, man! Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I watch Deadpool and jerk off, but it only exclusively to the Deadpool <laughs> scenes where he's getting fucked in his butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, for for all you people out there that are saying, "Man, this guy just called me a fucking Deadpool juggalo and I don't like it." Like, I'm not It's the only way that I rationalize it in my head. It's like the people who were Seahawks fans the time that they got beat by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Remember that? Like When they should have ran run the, the ball. ball on the fucking goal line. Nope. Yeah. Let's let's throw it. Like, I'm a fair weather fan. I like Deadpool. Woo! Like I, I'm no offense intended to most of you, um, but heavy offense intended to like at least the, one of you. 
specifically. <laughs> at least at least one, possibly three. Possibly three. Okay. Um, possibly three. So what I'm trying to get to is. <laughs> They have, they have, they have, they have created the demand. Disney has created the demand. You create the character, or Marvel creates the character. Disney gets the rights to the character, and then it's like, oh shit! Now fucking Big Daddy's got Big Daddy owns it. Big Daddy, make it Daddy. You know, like you, the creator of Fago. Or, I'm sorry, Fago just got bought out by somebody else. The Juggalos want their Fago. Make more Deadpool movies. You're going to have to. Well, And I think that there's going to be a beautiful balance. At least my hope is there's going to be a beautiful balance if we do get Deadpool in the MCU where they can do funny and clever things by sort of having cameos without having cameos. And what I mean by that is how fucking funny would it be if... The, the fucking Deadpool 3 movie opens up on the office scene where you've just seen Ryan Reynolds shot and he's doubled over fucking dead. And then all of a sudden a fucking strange portal opens up and his dead body gets pulled out by an arm that looks kind of like Stephen Strange. But you never see Benedict Cumberbatch. He's never officially on screen. It's just like a, it's, it's, it's an arm. It's a you know, you see the helmet of Stark or some shit, you know, whatever. And then they resurrect him as actually dead. They're like, we need you for some fucking reason. We don't really know, but here, here, here we go. Them damn dead, the Deadpool fans, they said that they needed to watch you fucking fight the Nuck Chorus. So we're going to fight Chuck Norris, and then <laughs> you're also going to fight a dead Bruce Lee. Well, there's a lot of people that are like, well, now that Stan Lee's gone, just use Deadpool to be those cameos. And I, I think that's, you know, a good idea, but it's not a good idea. Let's let's leave Stan's legacy as that was Stan Lee's thing. Now, it doesn't need to be Deadpool's thing. Yeah, because then it treads um, water I always because thought Deadpool being go ahead. covered. You could always have Deadpool cameos. You could never not have Deadpool cameos, even if Ryan Reynolds died all of a sudden, you know? Like, you could right. keep that cameo thing going forever. Stan Lee having it was a very limited... We knew, you know, in that 10 years, we knew there was a limited time. And how beautiful is it? His, la- his last fucking cameo is an end game there's you don't right. write a better fucking story than that man you can't plan a better fucking story than that so I, I agree i don't think deadpool being the crux of cameos is is a good idea i think you make him have his own movies you maybe do an x-force movie you send him to fucking space to do some weird shit you could put deadpool wherever the fuck you want him they don't have to be centered on any realism at all and nope. because they have the whole playbook let, let now, it be, they can literally do whatever they want. Yeah, <clears throat> let it be what it is. It's 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 not a coherent story. It's just it's wacky. It's zany. It's fun. It's visceral. It's fucking Deadpool. It's a twenty three skidoo. Like, yeah, I mean, I love when Deadpool interacts with Colossus in in the Deadpool movies. I love it. Just keep making that. That's all you need. I don't need Deadpool and Wolverine interacting. Um, you know, as, as, as much as I would like to, I don't know if you've heard this or not here lately, but Logan director James Mangold discusses if Hugh Jackman might return as Wolverine for Marvel Studios. I have seen at least a dozen different articles in the last three days of people talking about uh, Hugh Jackman coming I think back. It's a terrible idea. 
I think it is not a terrible idea. It's not a great idea. It's not a great idea because he's old. Yes. And I feel bad for the man. It's not a terrible idea because they legitimately cannot find anybody else that can be better. They can't do it. See, and I don't think that's true. There has to be other people out there that can play the role. They just have not given him the opportunity or, or found that person. Listen, uh, what Sarah Finn Haley, she's the lady that casts all the Marvel movies. She's got it, man. She has the it factor and knows when she sees a person that is the person who it is. I agree with you. Um, Hugh, Hugh is just too old. He's and, and that's nothing against him. He's and he's done his thing. But this is more important to me. This is to hey put it on my bulls hat again here. Let's go back to this. Why the fuck when you have a moment in 1998 where you hit a game-winning shot with 6.6 seconds left to win your sixth title, and that can be your bookend? I'm looking at you, the movie Logan, and that being a beautiful end to Hugh Jackman's story. Why the fuck do you put a stupid Washington Wizards jersey on to come out of retirement to stink it up and not do your best work? And I'm not saying that he would do bad work. I'm just saying he would look out of place because he's going to be this really old guy who's like the only way it works. I think there's one path, but the one path they already tread before this time would have been old man Logan to have him there as an old man Logan story where he shows up late in the game. And maybe, you know, what if I don't know what if what if they just use him as this universe's old man Logan? But how many stories can you get out of that before? You know what I'm saying? Like the reason that people want you only need one more. So what do you have Deadpool show up to, to old man Logan's crib and decapitate him? And that's the big like, OK, well, we battled. That was fun. You know, like because Hugh Jackman coming out of retirement to do another Wolverine. I'm not saying out of retirement for acting. He's obviously still doing acting, but retiring from superhero roles. Him doing that comes with multiple cruxes. You then need to see Wolverine and Spidey. You have to see Wolverine and Hulk. It's a must that you see the Wolverine and Deadpool. I know you said it's not necessary, but fans are going to demand it. It's going to be that, again, Disney on demand. So this is really, really tough. If you're Marvel, if you're Marvel, you need to think about the long-term future. And I'm looking at... Take a Stranger Things scenario when you're looking at your X-Men. Take a bunch of young fucking kids who are upstarts that no one's fucking heard of, that are trying to break big, that have the it factor because you always see it all the time. Put those people in these movies, all new names, young folks. They tried to do it, you know, in the second latter half of the X-Men series, adding your Sophie Turners and your Ty Sheridans and things of that nature. Um... But Marvel would do it better. But here's the here's the key, though. You got to add good up and coming actors and actresses. Yep. You can't you can't plug in the the, the Sansa Stark. Yeah, you can't you can't do it. Like I'm sorry, truly no offense to Sophie Turner, because a lot of what she did on Game of Thrones was incredible. Her acting as a superhero is fucking it's awful. Good. It's it's, it's bad. bad the word. It's not good. She's not the dark phoenix. By definition, She's the bad it's phoenix. not good. She's the bad phoenix. <laughs> it's like there's a... There... She's the brown phoenix because it stinks. <laughs> the brown phoenix is the episode title. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's also gross. Uh, the brown phoenix rising from your shit. Oh, gross. Um, it... <laughs> 
Oh, people! Tyler just threw his hands up like a like a kind of like a phoenix, but also like a shit at the same time. It just broke me. Oh god. Um, uh, I will say though, let's not sleep on the fact that uh, while Sophie Turner as an X Men was boring, um, I think Ty Sheridan, who is the star of Ready Player One, was even more boring as Cyclops. It was like he was the worst yep. like cast of all the people that were cast in those movies. Well, if you go back to X-Men, like all the way back to the beginning, like look at every X-Men film that has had Cyclops in it or a variation of Cyclops. It's gotten worse every movie. Progressively. Like it, it exponentially worse. That's a feat. Each movie. Yeah. Well, I think it's because like, in the first X-Men in 2000's X-Men, James Mar James Marsden's um uh Scott Summers in the first movie was like assertive and still the leader and then in the second movie they immediately mm -hmm. just went he's a bitch and is in love with fucking um i, I don't Jean know Grey. what her real life name is but obviously gene gray uh and it didn't look good on him because then he looked weak and then you have exactly what you had next three where he becomes this weak super vulnerable character that's stripped completely away that you know I get that you want to have good character development, but having him be the hard ass who, like, in one fell swoop becomes this this very, very, very overtly emotional dude over one lady, like, it doesn't seem believable. So people mm -hmm. don't change that simply in the world. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think that we need. And then after that, you go, you go to, you go to the 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 most recent X Men movies, and it gets even worse. Absolutely. Like, like, look at, um, look at, uh, uh, fucking, uh, Wolverine, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. We, we got it. We got a, a Scott Summers there. Awful. Like it was in the movie for less than three minutes and it was bad. Yep. And then it just keeps going. It just keeps going. It just keeps getting worse. Cyclops, Cyclops is one of the most pivotal and important characters in the X-Men universe. You've got Wolverine, you've got Cyclops, Professor X, Magneto, and Jean Grey. Like though though that that is your fucking that is that's the Holy Ghost right there. You have to have them. You can plug and play Rogue and Jubilee and Beast. Beast isn't necessary. Cyclops is necessary. He's the guy who leads the team. He's the guy who causes the uh, the romantic drama between him and Jean Grey and Logan, like it, it's it's got to be there. Yeah, uh, I think that one thing you need from an actor who would be playing Cyclops is someone who is stoic, who can yeah not show a lot of emotion. Because one thing Scott Summers has, and I don't think a lot of people think about like the psyche of his character, he's got this beautiful woman in his life. There's this dude who keeps banging on the just keeps coming he's banging on the door of yep. course we learn that in modern times they're all cool together which is a, a nice change of pace but in the original times yeah. and whatnot S scott summers was always resolved knowing like oh gene still loves me even if i feel questioned by that she came home to me and they never had that in the thing where he felt assertive and and reassured it was just like uh, do you still love me <laughs> you know Mm -hmm. And then you got the fucking Chuck Norris fans like, does Scott Summers got to fight fucking Scott Summers needs to fight fucking Chuck Norris too now? God damn it! Bring in, bring in Deadpool and he gonna fight Deadpool and Chuck Norris and then, and then Bruce Lee while eating chimichangas 
And you just gotta eat chimichangas while you're Ch- doing chimichangos, it. Chimichangos. Chimichangos. <laughs> <laughs> chimichangos. Oh, shit. Chimi- chimichangos. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy Changos and the Brown oh. Phoenix. That's that's where we're at. I, I that's a good one. I just I just want you know, you you want the Fantastic 4 to be included into the MCU because of the potential that the Fantastic 4 has yeah. as far as the different storytelling um roads that you could go down, how incredible, you know, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic would be. I'm going to keep fucking preaching that because even though I hate the Fantastic 4, I want John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Mr. Fantastic, and um, they might make you uh, fans. Uh, in, like, yeah, that, they, they might. The, 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 that um, lineup could make you. And I'm just going to keep saying it till the cows come home. Give me John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, Emily Blunt as 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 Invisible Sue Storm. Sue Storm. I also want John yeah. Cena as the Thing. I don't give a fuck. I think it would be perfect. Okay. Who who's Johnny Blaze or not Johnny Blaze? Uh, Johnny Storm. Ooh, Johnny Storm is a tough. I do one, that every but time. I think Zac Efron is perfect. Well, you know what? I take that back. I ta- I, I would have said Zac Efron, but I recently saw him on Hot Ones, and he has got he he gained like old dad weight. Like he like has put on some. So he's not all shredded like he used to be. So now I need to reconfigure. He's probably not the best choice. Um, Justin Bieber. Oh no! God no! <laughs> <laughs> what up, girl? You know, like whatever the shit. You do. Shit, what up, girl? Yep. They lean back. Um, oh, man, <laughs> I'm trying to think of people. <gasps> man, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, who would be a good Johnny Storm? God, uh, you have to look at a younger actor. Someone who's up and coming and making name for themselves, kind of in the current world, that's not already a part of the MCU. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this though: Does Johnny Storm have to be Sue's younger brother? Why can't it be Sue's older brother? Why can't we? Why can't we flip the roles a little bit and just have, you know, a, a, a middle-aged guy or a uh, slightly older guy play Johnny Storm. I think it would be totally reasonable. I, I mean, that is reasonable. Here's, I think, the driving issue because if you put Johnny in Sue's shoes as the older sibling and make Johnny like look down on her for her bad decisions, her only bad decision is she's married to Reed who keeps fucking making mistakes and almost killing everybody. Like, okay. But like, on the flip, if you have a younger Johnny who has an older Sue as a sister who's like, bro, you can't go out and fucking party and bang those girls. Like, you have a name to uphold and whatnot. It it, it, it makes the story more driving that he's the younger sibling trying to do right as opposed to the older sibling who's like Reed's buddy who his buddy also bangs his sister. It kind of, You know, like, I think that's, that's the disconnect for me. But I don't know. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Okay. I think that that would be my only... My only loophole and all that. What if you what if you made them the same age? You could do that. Essentially, that's kind of what the fan four stick movie that Trank did kind of did. They were twins, I think, or within you know a couple hours of each other, or something like that. But I don't I don't think that's a terrible idea, honestly. That's that might be a true possible winner uh, of an idea. I really am just you hit me with this who should play Johnny Storm thing, and my Rolodex of actors is just like. I'm going through all these people. Um, 
What did I just see? Re- I'm gonna th- uh, I'm gonna throw a couple your way. I know the kid that plays fucking Nick from uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina would be an awesome Johnny. He's a cocky asshole. Don't know who that is. You'd have to look him up. I don't. Uh, know. I'm gonna throw a couple. I'm gonna throw a couple your way. You ready? Sure, please do. Alexand- Alexander Ludwig. I don't think I know who that is. Uh, he was in the Hunger Games, the Vikings, Lone Survivor, okay. bunch okay. of stuff. Uh, Joss Hutcherson. I know that name. I don't know who that is. He was he was he was Peta in Hunger Games. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. He would make a good Johnny Storm. Actually, he's got the baby face for it. Liam Hemsworth. That's the winner. That's the winner by a long shot, and here's why. Because, one, Liam is probably, like, the perfect fucking age to be under Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Also, he looks just different enough from Chris that it wouldn't be like, wait, is that that Thor? It it would be, and and because Thor is the facial-haired beast and Johnny's all clean-shaven and, like, the, the pretty boy... It's really a beautiful mm-hmm. dichotomy between those two that while they're brothers, they'd be very separate in the world. And how cool would it be? I think that would be the first time in the MCU we would have brothers that were in uh, in that world. Like actual life brothers, aside from the Russos yeah, I think, who direct. I, I, think, I think you're right. So. Hmm. Well, T.Y. Um, Lot to think about. We have a lot to think about, and there was still stuff we wanted to cover today, but I'm looking at the time, and you had given me a, a timeline, so we should probably probably get to wrap it on this bad dude, huh? <sighs> yee-yee, yee-yee, chimichangas, right. ch- chick nurse. Okay, ch- chick nurse and chimichangas. <laughs> <laughs> chick nurse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Oh, shit, man. Well, as always, you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast, journeyintocomics.com. Get us on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, Google Play Music is not a thing anymore. It's going to be Google Podcast soon, Spotify, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get this amazing community of friends creating fun content for you folks in this wild time. TY, anything else to add before we dip, dive, duck, dodge, and dive on out of here? Don't get hit by a wrench. That's all I got to say. Okay, uh, I think that's gonna do it for Journey into. I didn't hear what you said because the internet cut out. So I'm just gonna be real to our listeners. I'll be able to hear it on the playback. Yep. Should I laugh now? <laughs> After the fact, <laughs> totally like unreal, unrealistic. Oh happened. god, we've had so many internet problems this episode. We've done a good job of bullshitting it though. I think. Um, but anyways. For this week's episode of Journey into Comics, this is Journey into Comics 297, The Brown Phoenix and Chimichangos. I've been Nate. I've been T.Y. As always, folks, pop that cap back and fill your brain with Brown Phoenix. Later, guys. <laughs>